Desmond Ritter is off to a better start in his career than Matt Ryan. We'll explore some stats that show us why and why Ritter is a great fit for the Falcons identity. We'll look at some of the available upgrades that the Falcons could make both at the starting and backup quarterback position this offseason. And we'll talk about if the door is closed on Marcus Mariota returning to Atlanta in 2023. You are locked on Falcons. Your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black and a.k.a the most humble host here of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who are helping you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. And guys, we thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. Of course, it's free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Falcons on YouTube, and you'll get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops. And we thank you guys for helping us get over 4,000 subscribers. But come on, let's let's get the 5,000. You know, hopefully we can get the 5,000 by the draft, if not sooner. So make sure you smash that subscribe button as well as that like button. And guys, make sure you check out Locked On Falcons on your Roku and Amazon fire tv it's part of locked on sports atlanta by downloading the locked on sports atlanta app and you will get locked on falcons on your roku and amazon fire tv so today's episode we are doing our sort of positional reviews of the falcons quarterback position and we've spent a lot of time over the last couple of days looking sort of at external options we'll continue to explore that on today's uh, episode, but we want to look internally first at the Falcons quarterback situation. And we want to talk a little bit about Desmond Ritter. And we'll talk a little bit about some stats that show Desmond Ritter's off to a, a better start than many people might credit him. And there's lots of reasons to believe that Desmond Ritter is the Falcons quarterback of the future. And, you know, stats or interesting, you guys know I'm a film snob, but I love it when, you know, you can find some data that's backing up what your eyes are sort of seeing. And we'll look at some stats on the critical downs, like third and fourth downs, right? And, uh, you know, you need your quarterback to shine in those instances, and especially the Falcons, where their identity is this run first football team that they're going to run it on early downs. Uh, quite a bit, and they're going to need their quarterback to step up on those third downs to be able to move the chains to sustain drives to get points. That was the bulk of our criticism for Marcus Mariota for the first three months of the season, that he wasn't necessarily getting the job done on third downs and in the red zone at various points in the season. And so we look at a metric, the DeJour advanced stat metric, uh, you know, of expected points added or EPA um, that you'll often see people utilize and throw around. And for those of you unfamiliar, if you just simple Google, what is EPA? It'll say expected points added or EPA is a measure of success, which defines the value of each play by the effect it has on the offense's likelihood to score. And it's based off of like basically decades worth of play-by-play -play data to come uh, up to that uh, likelihood. And so when we look at the Falcons EPA per drop back on third and fourth downs this season. We look at the first 13 games that Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. The Falcons were 30th in the NFL in EPA per drop back on third 
on those critical downs. And then you look at the last four starts of Mariota, specifically when the Falcons were trying to evolve their offense, they were dead last in the NFL in those four games on EPA per drop back on those critical downs. You compare that to the four starts of Desmond Ritter at the end of the season, after the bye week, the Falcons were 13th on those critical downs on EPA, right? But you don't necessarily need to use advanced stats like EPA to tell you what your eyes can see on the film. You can use traditional passing stats on third and fourth downs, right? The first 13 games on third and fourth downs, Marcus Mariota's quarterback rating was 70. The Falcons' conversion rate was 29% on those downs. And you look at those four uh, last starts, uh, his passer rating was 54 and his conversion rate was 13%. And that was a big reason why the Falcons finally decided to make that change to Desmond because they just could not sustain offense with Marcus Mariota as the Falcons quarterback. And then you look, compare that to Desmond Ritter's first four starts, his passer rating on third and fourth downs, 109, double what Marcus Mariota's was. His conversion rate, 39%, just on the passing plays, right? That's triple what it was for Marcus Mariota. And we saw, especially in that Week 18 game, where Desmond Ritter was especially good on critical downs in that game, had a near-perfect passer rating in the first half against the starters uh, of the Bucks. had a perfect passer rating on third and fourth downs, right? And so we broke down several of those plays from that first half and, and sprinkled throughout that game on the All-22 review uh, of that Week 18 matchup where Desmond Ritter was able to use his legs to extend plays and buy himself time and keep the Falcons offense sustaining. Uh, and that's going to be critical to Desmond Ritter's success in this league because as we talked about on that episode, right, the young quarterbacks are not going to have all the answers uh, to the test, so to speak, and they're going to need to buy themselves opportunities uh, to get those answers, and that's going to come mostly from their legs, not necessarily from their head or, or their arm and whatnot. And Desmond Ritter showed the necessary components to buy in on him. But if you want more evidence of why you should buy in on Desmond Ritter, guys, uh, you know, think about him compared to Matt Ryan, right? You compare Desmond Ritter's first four starts to Matt Ryan's first four starts, looking at those critical downs. Ritter, again, as I remind you, his quarterback rating was 109 on third and fourth downs. His conversion rate was 39%. Matt Ryan's first four starts, his passer rating was 53 his conversion rate was 24%. So you look at that evidence and you say, like, you know, Desmond Ritter, relatively speaking, is off to a better start in his career, at least in these critical moments when you look at the identity of the Falcons' offense. Again, the same identity the Falcons had in 2008 when Matt Ryan was a rookie. Run the ball to Michael Turner. Now it's run the ball to Tyler Algier. And I hope your quarterback can move the chains on third and fourth downs, right? And, you know, we often sort of mythologize Matt Ryan's, you know, beginning of his career because his first pass was a touchdown pass to Michael Jenkins. And again, a knock on Desmond Ritter from some people. Oh, well, he shined in week 18 against backups. Well, you know, you want to talk about backups. You remember who that game was against in Matt Ryan's first start? That was against the Lions. They went 0-16 that year. Matt Ryan's other win uh, in the first month of that season was against a Chiefs team that finished 2-14, and 14, and he struggled early in that game. Three and out, three and out, three and out. Eventually, the Falcons started the roll, especially after the Chiefs started turning the ball over and giving them favorable field position and eventually rolled. But you look at Matt Ryan's second start on the road against the Bucs, struggled in that game. You look at his uh, fourth start on the road against the Panthers, struggled in that game against two uh, you know, good football teams with good defenses and whatnot. And so, you know, we kind of mythologize Matt Ryan's 
um, you know, early career. Um, and uh, basically the point is like, it was a mixed bag, just like Desmond Ritter's uh, early career is kind of a mixed bag, right? If you were to build a time machine and go back to September of 2008, you're not going to come away thinking, oh man, Matt, Matt Ryan's destined for greatness. You're going to be like, yeah, there's some, there's some positives, but like, there's also some, some question marks. Right. And I, I, you know, I've used this example countless times on the podcast, but I remember that after that week one game in 2010 against the Steelers going on the Falcons fans forums, RIP um, and, and people arguing after Matt Ryan had another rough start, you know, is this all he's going to be point being that, you know, Matt Ryan's first two and a half or so years was a lot more up and down than probably what we mythologize it. Right. We remember that first pass and then we probably skip ahead uh, to what was his 39th career start against the Ravens in primetime. Right. And, and think about you know, that, game-winning pass he threw to Roddy White on the quote-unquote push-off uh, in that Ravens game, and we say, oh, man, Matt Ryan was great. And we kind of just blur the, the 37 other starts between there where it was a lot of sort of up and down with Matt Ryan. But I think with Desmond Ritter, again, there's evidence to suggest that he fits in with the identity that the Falcons want to uh, build here in Atlanta. Again, that run-first identity, and you need your quarterback to be able to move the chains and make plays on third and fourth downs. He showed he could do that with Drake London. Let's see what he can do with Kyle Pitts. Let's see what he can do with more pieces around him with a growing uh, offensive line and all these various things. So I feel like Desmond Ritter is probably going to be the guy moving forward. And I think he showed more than enough for the Falcons to buy in on him. But of course, you never know what's going to happen, especially this offseason, because there may be some opportunities to upgrade at the quarterback position. And we'll talk about the availability of those opportunities uh, as we continue today's episode. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. And maybe you're a small business owner or a hiring manager, and you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with, similar to what the Atlanta Falcons are doing. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, where you can quickly attract and hire qualified candidates by matching with the people who have the skills, the values, the experiences to help you achieve your goals. If you're a football team, right, you want to achieve the goal of going to the playoffs and you would love to find the right quarterback to achieve that goal. So put your job post in front of eight 175 million member profiles at LinkedIn Jobs to find the most qualified candidates. With LinkedIn Jobs, it's easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the word of the day is going to be availability. As they often say, availability is the best ability. And that often refers to, you know, whether players are available to play on Sundays to contribute to helping you win football games. But we're going to talk about availability in terms of whether or not the Falcons will try to upgrade the quarterback position. I think the Falcons could absolutely try to upgrade the quarterback position, but a lot of that's going to depend on if an upgrade is available for them to try so. And as I said earlier, you know, if I want to be clear, I think, you know, as a betting man, as you guys know, I am, uh, I feel like the odds are definitely in favor of Desmond Ritter opening up 2023 as the Falcons week one starter. But there are unknown variables that have to occur in the what eight months between now and then. Um, and a lot of that depends on the availability of alternative options that the Falcons may explore. 
Now, we've been locked on Lamar Jackson all week long here on the podcast, and it's a question of is he going to be available, right? Um, and, you know, I'm sure Locked on Ravens will have more insight into this, especially given um, some of the things that have gone on in the past 24 hours with firing offensive coordinators and opening up negotiations. But, you know, it has seemed like over the last week that it's much more probable that the Ravens are headed to divorce uh, with Lamar Jackson. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe they do franchise tag him. Maybe they sit here and say he's off limits and no one can go out there and trade for him. All that and more. So we'll see on that availability of Lamar Jackson. We discussed Ryan Tannehill with our guest Alan Sterk earlier this week about his availability, right? And I certainly think if he is available this offseason, the Falcons would explore that opportunity to potentially upgrade. And I talked with Alan about how Tannehill's floor is what you hope Ritter's ceiling is going to be. And what I mean by that is if you look at Tannehill's production this year, he had a 95 passer rating, 11th best in the NFL this year. He had an adjusted net yards per attempt of 6.4, 11 best in the NFL. And if I told you, if I used that time machine that we're traveling back to 2008 uh, to travel ahead and tell you, hey, Desmond Ritter was the 11th most efficient quarterback in the NFL in 2023, you would sit there and say, that's a huge win. That's what I mean when I say, what you think Ritter's potential ceiling could be is where Tannehill's floor is already. But is Tannehill going to be available this offseason? Time will tell. I don't think so. Again, I'm a betting man. Don't think so. I think the Titans are probably going to keep Tannehill. I would guess that maybe they'll they'll make a play for Tom Brady and they land Tom Brady, then they'll probably move on from Ryan Tannehill. But if I was guessing where Tom Brady's going to wind up, I think it's probably going to be Vegas if I was a betting man. But again, check out Locked on Raiders. Check out Locked on Titans for that. And of course, talking about the Raiders, what about Derek Carr, right? It seems almost certain, I don't know, that he's done in Vegas, right? Seems like he'll be available this offseason. And the Falcons are one of the few teams that are in the position to uh, have the cap space to absorb his $32 million cap hit uh, if the Raiders wind up trading him. Um, but do the Falcons really want to give up assets for Derek Carr, especially given the notion that maybe Derek Carr is not the best fit in this sort of play action heavy, uh, you know, offense that wants to roll the quarterback out and use that mobility and whatnot. So my best guess, again, is, you know, the Falcons or I'm sorry, the Raiders will probably cut Derek Carr and then he'll have an opportunity to sort of choose his destination. And that opens up the possibility of a bidding war between teams like possibly the Falcons, the Jets, uh, the Bucks, the Commanders other teams possibly out there. And I don't know if the Falcons necessarily want to get into that. And then you look at the rest of the free agent quarterback options, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. Sure. Maybe you can make it the case that those guys are upgrades, right? Based off of the season that they just had, but it sounds like Seattle and the giants want to keep both of those guys back. Aaron Rodgers is, might be available this offseason. Doesn't seem like that's something that is a legit option for the Falcons, but who knows at this point in time, I'm sure some of you were asking about Matt Ryan, right? Almost seems certain that he'll be available this offseason because the Colts are almost certainly going to cut him. But, you know, I don't think the Falcons are going to be interested in that because they've kind of been there, uh, done that. So, you know, you look at other options, Carson Wentz, yeah, like, uh, what, you know, so I don't know if there's going to be other options for the Falcons that are going to be truly available where you can sit there and say with absolute confidence are going to be upgrades over what you expect to get from Desmond Ritter and free agency with the veteran market. But then turn our attention to the draft, right? Right. Availability, again, is going to be the issue there. Are there going to be quarterbacks available that the Falcons like? Right. You look at the uh, quarterbacks projected to be first round picks this year. There are four that are generally expected to go that high in the draft. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Falcons are picking eighth. Several teams ahead of them that are quarterback needy. Right. That are going to affect the availability of those guys. Houston at two. Indianapolis at four. 
What about Seattle at five? Detroit at six? The Raiders at seven? Carolina at nine? Maybe they jump ahead, right? And so it seems very likely that at two, if not three of those quarterbacks will be off the board at the very least by the Falcons pick, if not all four. And if I was a betting man, as you guys know, I am check out betonline.net. But, you know, I would guess that the three are likely to be gone are Young, Stroud and Levis leaving Richardson. And then we'll obviously talk more about this upcoming quarterback class later this offseason. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about sort of who is the guy that may fit here in Atlanta. We know the Falcons are pretty picky about who they like at quarterback. We know that from the 2021 draft where they were poorly liked Trey Lance, but were meh on Justin Fields, right? And, you know, you had to, um, they had their pick of uh, the 2022 quarterback class outside of Kitty Pick, and they chose Desmond Ritter. And if I'm just connecting the dots, right, just, you know, using my cork board to draw strings between what did Trey Lance have and, and Desmond Ritter have that, allowed the Falcons to connect with them. You know, the thing that stands out to me is the familiarity with the West Coast offense. North Dakota State, under Trey Lance, ran a very similar system to what Kyle Shanahan runs in San Francisco. So it's not a surprise why San Francisco uh, preferred Trey Lance over other options there. And you look at the offense that Desmond Ritter ran at Cincinnati. They ran a lot of concepts that were West Coast-based because Cincinnati's offensive coordinator was a protege of Tyrone Willingham, who's a protege of Dennis Green, who was a protege of Bill Walsh. Right. And so when I look at this upcoming class or this quartet of quarterbacks and I say, who's got the most connections to the West Coast offense? I'm looking at Will Levis. Right. His two coordinators in Kentucky were Liam Cohen, disciple of Sean McVay uh, and Rich Scangarello, who is a disciple of Kyle Shanahan. And so based off of that, again, if we're just basing it entirely off of who the Falcons may like in this draft class, based off of the idea that they like guys that have you know familiarity with the West Coast offense and have executed at a reasonably high level, Will Levis might be at the top of their draft board. But is he going to be available to them? Who knows? I wouldn't sit here and say it's likely at this point, but time will tell on that issue. So, you know, given the possibility, the overall lack of available options for the Falcons, again, that's part of the reason why I can sit here and say, if I'm placing bets, I think Ritter is going to be the starter week one. And certainly you can make the argument that that's the Falcons settling for Desmond Ritter at this point in time. And there are pros and cons today. The, the cons would be the argument that they're getting a lesser quarterback in Desmond Ritter than some of the potential options available. What the pros are, the resources that they would have to use in order uh, to acquire one of those other guys are resources like, you know, first round picks and, and cap space. You know, those are resources that now can be used to upgrade the rest of the roster and upgrade some of the spots that we've been complaining about for years that the Falcons have needed to upgrade. So I won't go as far to say it's a win-win regardless of where the Falcons go at the quarterback position, but I will say that there are, you know, there are positives, right? If they decide to roll with Ritter, theoretically, you know, they'll be able to improve their roster and thus increase the chances that they are, you know, a playoff contender this year. And if they are able to upgrade that position with a better quarterback than Desmond Ritter this offseason, therefore they also theoretically should be uh, increasing their playoff probability this upcoming season. So, um, you know, I won't sit here and try to pretend that I know what this uh, regime is going to do. You know, that's the one thing I've learned over the two years that they've been running things is, you know, 
it seems like they change, especially at the quarterback position, what their plans are on a whim every few months, right? So I can sit here and say, you know, today Ritter seems like he's going to be the guy, and then six weeks from now something will change, and they'll change that. Three months from now that will change. Six months from now that will change, you know, and then a year from now that will change again. So we'll sort of see how it all plays out. But again, I think Ritter is probably the starter. And again, and going back to the conversation we had earlier, I think he's shown enough to make you feel at least reasonably confident that he does have a good future ahead of him, you know, whether he's Matt Ryan better than Matt Ryan or whatever, but I certainly think he's a guy that fits what the Falcons want to do. But if Ritter is the starter this year, that means, you know, there are options for the Falcons to upgrade at the quarterback position. And I don't think availability will be as big an issue for those options. And it also leaves us to have a conversation about Marcus Mariota and his future. Right. What is his future in Atlanta? And we'll get into that as we continue today's episode, guys. But before we get there, I do want to let you know that we thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. And for your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast that's going to give you the lowdown on all the biggest stories around the NFL every single day. Of course, subscribe to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Built Bar. Everybody wants to eat a little healthier this time of year. And if you're like me, you want to be healthy but not compromise on taste, Built Bar is the thing for you. It's the healthy protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You can check out flavors like peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. They taste great, but they're also healthy too. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And for years, I've told you to head on over to Built.com, get yourself a Milk's box, you know, and you can still do that. Check out the new flavors, check out the sales. But more importantly, now you can head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get Built Bars. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart. Walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate. And if you're at Sam's, run in and grab yourself a 13-bar box of brownie batter or churro. You can thank me later. So wrapping up today's episode, guys, as I say, I don't know what is going to happen with the Falcons. But um, I can say with some degree of certainty, a high degree of certainty, I do know that Marcus Mariota will be cut by the Atlanta Falcons, right? He has a cap hit of $14.5 million in 2023, and the Falcons can shave $12 million off of that by releasing him, and it seems like that is destined to happen. And you question, you know, is Marcus Mariota done in Atlanta? And I think the answer is probably yes, but I wouldn't completely rule out his return. I wouldn't completely shut the door on him returning to Atlanta. And we talked a little bit about this, you know, before all the stuff that came out about Mariota quitting on the team. But back then, my initial expectations were, yeah, they are going to cut Marcus Mariota. He'll spend a couple of days or weeks in March or April or whatever, exploring alternative options as a starter and probably will wind up finding crickets where nobody's going to uh, want to offer him an opportunity to start for them. And eventually he could wind up settling to returning to Atlanta as a backup on a much cheaper deal for like, I don't know, $2 million or so, something along those lines. And I still think that's a possibility, but probably less of a possibility given the concerns about his quote unquote commitment. Right? So I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, in large part due to the fact that I just think Marcus Mariota is kind of the ideal option for the Falcons 
as a backup quarterback, say what you will out of his ability as a starter, but I don't think many would dispute the idea that he's probably one of the five best backup quarterbacks that you could have in the NFL this upcoming season. Uh, so initially I thought he would be the plan A as a backup quarterback. I would say maybe now he's a plan B. And so plan A would be exploring alternative options for that veteran backup. And Alan Sterk recently on the episode told us about his thoughts on Jacoby Brissett. And that's a name that other people have brought up as well. Uh, I'm a little more skeptical of Jacoby Brissett joining here in Atlanta because of money. And the reason for that is because, it, you know, Mariota might be top five backup, but I think you can make a really good argument that Jacoby Brissett is the best backup in the NFL. And he's been paid accordingly. He's averaged a cap hit of about $10 million over the last four years. Uh, and so I think if you're going to sign him, you're going to have to pay him like he's the top backup in the league. And right now, that's probably projected to be Tyrod Taylor at $7 million in 2023. So it feels like you're going to have to pay Jacoby Brissett like $8 million to be your backup quarterback. Uh, and personally, that feels a little excessive. Uh, you can probably get, you know, maybe, I don't know, 70% of Jacoby Brissett for like 20% the price is kind of how I feel. And so we could sit here and rattle off a, a bunch of names as alternative options besides Mariota or Brissett. But I think there's two that we really need to focus in on, and that's Mitch Trubisky and, and Chase Daniel. And as a betting man, I would probably bet that one of these two is the guy that is the backup to Desmond Ritter in 2023. I think Trubisky sort of fits into a similar boat as Marcus Mariota, uh, where, you know, the Steelers are likely to cut him. His cap hit this year is going to be $10 million, but they can shave $8 million off of that by releasing him. Um, and the notable thing about both Chase Daniel and Trubisky is that they are familiar with this coaching staff due to their shared days in Chicago with offensive coordinator Dave Ragone when he was the quarterback's coach there. And what's notable is the Falcons have consistently brought in quarterbacks over the last two years that this coaching staff is familiar with, with A.J. McCarron, Marcus Mariota, Logan Woodside, even Matt Barkley briefly. The, you know, Josh Rosen seems to be the lone exception in that regard. And I think Trubisky fits into this Brissette uh, Mariota mold of having a high-level backup quarterback because he's a low-level starter that can be a competent guy that can run your scheme. And so I think if the Falcons want somebody who can be one of the top 35 to 40 quarterbacks in the NFL, Trubisky is their guy. I think if they're just looking for a veteran that can come in and help in Desmond Ritter's development, then Chase Daniel seems more likely that guy because that's exactly what Chase Daniel did for a young Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. And, and Daniel has made a living over the last, you know, seven or so years doing that. He did it with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, then went to Chicago with Mitch Trubisky and has done it the last couple of years with Justin Herbert with the Chargers. And while Chase Daniel has been well compensated over the years, the last couple of years he's been playing for modest money, uh, making two million or less in each of the last three years from a cap hit standpoint. So he feels like a much more affordable option that can be that sort of extra coach in a room if the Falcons are you know fully committed to developing um, Desmond Ritter uh, this upcoming season. And of course, there are alternative options out there. I'm sure there will be various groups sort of segmenting themselves into who they would like to see the Falcons on. You know, Gardner Minshew, Taylor Heineke, Josh Dobbs, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Chad Henney, Drew Locke, I'm sure, will all have their various groupies. But, you know, the one group that I think you should pay the most attention to is the Easton Stick groupies, right? Because Easton Stick is a three-time national champion from North Dakota State preceding 
uh, Trey Lance in that regard. So he certainly uh, would fit the, the type of, of what we're, we're talking about as a, you know, a winner. But, you know, speaking of national champions, right, you know, we're, we're talking about veteran options. Um, you know, what if the Falcons, you know, go towards the draft? but aren't looking for one in the first round, but maybe someone on day three. That makes sense as well. And, of course, national champions, we're talking about Stetquavius, Stetson, Bennett as an option. And, of course, got to mention, you know, Logan Woodside, right? He's he's currently on under contract, and so there is a possibility that the Falcons ignore all these alternative options as far as backup quarterback and starting quarterback, and they just basically roll with Logan Woodside as a QB, too. I, I, I would – bet against that as a likelihood, but like, it's certainly a possibility that we enter training camp because, you know, plan a plan B and, and plan, whatever, uh, fall short and fall flat. And Logan Woodside is the number two quarterback, uh, at the start of training camp. I would probably say that's more of a plan D, uh, than anything else, but we'll see how that turns out guys. But that is going to do it for us. You know, breaking down this quarterback position, as I said, I think Desmond Ritter is the guy and has shown enough to feel like he can grow into a capable starter that really does fit in with the identity of this offense by being able to move the chains on third downs, using his legs, using his head, all that and more. And so this Falcons offense can continue to grow with Desmond Ritter, continue to evolve and all that stuff and be a, a capable offense that could make a, a push in a down NFC South, possibly this upcoming season for the postseason. I don't think I would, you know, you know, eliminate that possibility with Desmond Ritter in part due to, you know, the comparisons and the, and the parallels between a young Desmond Ritter and a young Matt Ryan, who again played in a run heavy offense with a pretty decent defense that first year that was allowing that Falcons team to make uh, themselves a postseason run, a surprising postseason run. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks and months, but you know, you know, we feel like, okay, you got the quarterback, you got the running game, you got some of the weapons, now we just got to get the defense that that 08 team uh, seemingly had. And it, it wasn't like they were a juggernaut on defense. They were just kind of a mid-level defense. And that feels like a realistic goal. So I, I feel like there's a lot of parallels that we can borrow from those early uh, Matt Ryan teams and Mike Smith teams that we can potentially copy and give us hope and optimism for this upcoming 2023 season for us to finally break this playoff slump. So I, I think it's reasonable to have those expectations. Obviously, time will tell on what the Falcons wind up doing at the quarterback position. Uh, but that's where we're going to leave today's episode, guys. And next week, we'll probably continue to talk uh, about these various position groups like the running back position, like the wide receiver group, tight ends and offensive line. My goal is to try to get uh, all if most, if not all of these offensive uh, positions done before the senior bowl week uh, uh, next week. And then, you know, after that week of, you know, giving you those daily practice reports here on the podcast, probably talking with Jarvis, probably talking with Kevin Knight and several other people that are Falcons uh, adjacent down at the senior bowl during that week. Uh, then we'll sort of turn our attention to the defense and really hone in on some of the areas that the Falcons need to upgrade in order uh, to get that mid-tier defense so that we can make that playoff push with the new Matt Ryan in Desmond Ritter and the new Michael Turner in um, Tyler Algier and, of course, the new Roddy White in Drake London and the new Tony Gonzalez, uh, you know, and 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 Coney, Kyle Pitts. So, you know, all, all the pieces are there, right, you know, seemingly. Theoretically. So we'll, we'll explore that in the coming weeks. So that's the plan. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, watch some playoff football. 
uh, all that and more. So that's going to do it for us here, guys. Really, thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On NFL, especially on Fridays, to get the uh, key predictions for this weekend's action. Of course, check out Locked On Sports Atlanta to get the lowdown on all the other local Atlanta and Georgia sports teams. And also check out Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Braves, Locked On Hawks to see what's going down with those local teams as well as your second listen. So, guys, really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Till then.